Hello, my name is Tom Longano, and this is Boy Stories. Okay, we have a fun episode for you today. We are going to be reading the story Kickball, which is based on... I mean, all these stories are based on my experience as a teacher, but I used to get weirdly into the kickball recess games, and it was a lot of fun for the class. Um, and I wanted to write a story about that. So anyway, that is the kickball story. That is what we will be reading today. Um, just a reminder to, if you like this podcast, please continue to share it. Uh, we're still doing, we're doing well in the Apple ratings, uh, and reviews really help that, but we're doing well in the charts and we could be doing even better. So let's keep spreading the podcast. And I hope you're enjoying these weekly episodes. More will be coming in the future, as well as more exciting news about the green book of stories. But without anything else, let's move on to the story for this week. This is Kickball. Tuesday, second break. Mr. L waited on the mound as his fifth graders spread in their positions on the field. He wiped his brow and palmed the big rubber ball. This was their chance. Mr. L's class was beating Mr. M's class by two points with only five minutes left in break. Mr. M's fifth graders had never lost a game of kickball, especially not to Mr. L's class, who just last week fell by four points to a class of fourth graders. Now, with this unprecedented two-point lead, Mr. L's class sniffed victory. They wanted this win. Bad. Mr. L wanted it just as much as anyone else. Every morning at the faculty meeting, Mr. M happily reminded him of his class's losing record. Last week's loss to fourth graders might have been the lowest moment of Mr. L's teaching career. Defense, shouted Jake. The rest of the class, including Mr. L himself, joined in. Defense, defense. The top of Mr. M's batting order stepped up to the plate. Mr. L's class kicked first, so after this final half inning, the game would end. Mr. L squinted. All they needed was three outs. Victory was close, but it wouldn't be easy. All right, it's Pickle, he announced to his fielders. Watch the bunt. Fielders came to crowd the area around the pitcher. Charlie stood ready at first base. They all knew Pickle. Pickle was unquestionably the best kickball player in the entire fifth grade. Every break, he was first to organize kickball and last to leave the field. His name, Peter, had been forgotten sometime in third grade in favor of Pickle because of his uncanny ability to extend the bases reached on any kick. When caught in a pickle, he would bait the fielder to throw in his direction, dodge, then take not just one extra base, but two. Mr. L knew Pickle as a force to be feared. Remember, he instructed his fielders before pitching, throw the ball to the pitcher or to the base, never at the runner. Okay? Nothing was more satisfying than pegging a runner in the head, then loudly declaring him out as your teammates cheered. In fact, this was the main reason the fifth graders loved the sport of kickball. But Mr. L knew from experience that the best kickball defense must be a conservative one. Especially with their fragile lead, they couldn't risk missing the runner and giving up extra bases. As he communicated his warning, his eyes lingered on Greg, who stood beside him. Greg nodded to say he understood. Mr. L pitched the ball. 
a slow roller, outside. Pickle jogged up to meet it and chipped it down the third baseline, exactly two feet over Timmy's head. It bounced twice before reaching Leo, who threw it back to Mr. L. Pickle already stood on first base. Come on, Timmy! Greg screamed. Why don't you jump? It was over my head, said Timmy. By like an inch, Greg snapped. You didn't even try. Timmy saw no reason to argue further because the next batter was at the plate. Timmy, along with the entire team, backed up. Only Greg and Mr. L remained in the infield. Lucas bounced on his toes, ready to rocket a big kick and bring Pickle home. Everyone knew Lucas played soccer on a travel team. He was Mr. M's best kicker and could place the ball anywhere he wanted on the field. This made him the perfect kickball weapon. Spread out, Mr. L commanded. Albert, stay on second. Pickle's running and the ball's coming to you. Everyone force at first and second. Don't throw at the runner. He pitched a quick roller with bounce, hoping to throw Lucas off balance. Lucas was unfazed. He hopped a step and easily connected. A high curve ball deep to left field. Pickle whooped and took off. Mr. M's class cheered as Lucas rounded first base, but Lucas hadn't accounted for the wind. The ball hovered in the air for a split second too long, just long enough for Jake to slide underneath it before it hit the grass. Back! Pickle back! screamed Mr. M as his team's cheers turned to gasps. Jake wasted no time in jumping up to whip the ball over to Albert at second base so he could hold the runner. Pickle, who thrived in such tricky situations, swerved and was steps away from being safe back at first. Albert threw the ball anyway, which was a mistake. His throw bounced once before it reached Charlie. In that time, Pickle swiftly tagged first and sprinted back towards second. It's a pickle, yelled Mr. M's class as Charlie pursued Pickle up the base path. Don't throw it at the runner, Mr. L yelled. To the base, Charlie, throw to the base. Charlie threw the ball to Albert in time to turn Pickle back, but instead of chasing down Pickle, Albert panicked. He immediately threw it over to Porge, who was now covering first base. Pickle ducked and changed direction, sliding easily into second base. Come on, Albert, screamed Greg. It's only one base, Albert muttered. Nice try, guys, said Mr. L as the ball returned to him. He bounced it twice. Given Pickle's reputation, this was not nearly so bad as it could have been. One out, he called to his defense. Force at first. We are up two, so you can ignore the runner at second. Then he turned back and saw the next batter. Bigfoot coming up, he called out. Bigfoot, everyone, back up. Not even Greg remained in the infield as Chadwick lumbered up to the plate. Five feet six inches tall, Chadwick towered over all his classmates and had been accordingly dubbed Tree. While he wasn't the fastest student by any stretch, he was certainly the most powerful. Let's go, Tree! Let's go, Tree! chanted Mr. M's class. Mr. L pitched a quick one right down the middle. Chadwick thrust out his front toe and poked with all his might. The ball rocketed up into the air, shrinking into a miniature dot as both teams watched. Pickle stepped beyond second, ready to take off when the ball fell. Chadwick jogged to first. The ball came down in center right field, dropping like a stone. Mr. L cringed, standing right below it, not having moved at all since the kick, merely staring upwards with an open mouth. 
was Jeffrey. Jeffrey did not like kickball much. He was excited by the prospect of winning, and when his team succeeded, no one had more smack talk for the other classes than Jeffrey. But on the field, in a high-pressure situation, Jeffrey could not deliver. This moment, with the ball plummeting downward at him, growing in size by the second, with the entire fifth grade watching and the game on the line, this was about as high-pressure as it got. Jeffrey froze, with his face still tilted back, Mouth hanging open, staring upward. Excitement rippled through Mr. M's class when they saw the ball's target. Chadwick clapped and rounded first. Pickle edged further off second, preparing to dart past third and easily take home. Jeffrey, said Greg through clenched teeth. Don't you dare miss that. Don't you dare. Jeffrey didn't react. He stood like a statue, unmoving. Jake was two feet away, arms out as if for support and Porge came to the other side with Timmy in front. But nothing could be done. The ball was heading straight for Jeffrey. He would have to catch it. It was the only way. As if realizing this at the last second, Jeffrey weakly lifted a hand. It looked like he was saying hi. The ball slammed into his face with full force, making a squishy thunking noise. It shot off horizontally, straight at first base. Without thinking, Charlie dove. He caught the ball directly in his stomach. Chadwick was out. Charlie was a student of the game. He jumped to his feet and fired the ball to second base, hoping to catch Pickle off the bag. Pickle watched, still in shock, and the game might have ended right there, but Albert wasn't at second. When the ball ricocheted off Jeffrey's face, Albert had run in its direction toward Charlie. So Charlie's quick throw found no one at second and bounced into the outfield. Pickle recovered and sprinted back to second to tag up. Leo grabbed the ball and ran into position, placing himself in the base path between second and third. Pickle stood on second, safe. There were two outs. Mr. L's class erupted in cheers. Greg ran over to shake Charlie's hand, congratulating him on his catch. Jake and Porge pulled Jeffrey up from the grass and clapped him on the back. Jeffrey laughed and claimed he'd deliberately done a header to Charlie, which was a total piece of cake. Mr. L quieted the celebrations. Sure, they were up by two points with two outs, but there was still one man on and one more out to go. They hadn't won yet, and Mr. M waited at the plate. Teachers kicked once during the batting order for their class. This was a rule introduced by the teachers to make the games more interesting for the teachers. Mr. L leaned over and glared at Mr. M with the kickball tucked under his elbow. Mr. M cracked his knuckles. His class bunched together and began to chant softly, Here comes a home run. Here comes a home run. Leo stayed on third and Charlie stayed on first. Everyone else backed up far into the outfield. Mr. L nodded to Charlie, who would cover the plate if the runner passed him. The game might very well come down to a play at home. Mr. L pitched. The ball shot toward the plate with a velocity twice that of his earlier pitches. Mr. M leaned into it and kicked. The sound of shoe connecting with rubber was felt more than heard. The ball took off and soared high over the heads of all the fielders. Jake and Porridge were furthest back, sprinting after it, but it was no use. The ball would certainly land in the trees and be an easy home run. The ball entered the woods, but it didn't land there. Instead, it connected with the trunk and bounced back the direction it came, right over Jake's head, to be snapped up on the second bounce by Greg, who hurled it infield as fast as he could. Mr. L grabbed it just as Mr. M rounded third. 
As Mr. L twisted round and ran for home, Mr. M dug in his heels and halted. He stood ten feet from the bag. Mr. L stopped and stared. The fifth graders on both sides held their breath. Mr. M didn't return to the base, daring Mr. L to try and peg him. Mr. L glared back and would have liked nothing more than to end it then and there. But if Mr. L missed, Mr. M would score. Mr. L took one step, then another, toward Mr. M. He pump-faked the ball. Mr. M didn't flinch. Mr. L suddenly lunged forward as Mr. M dove for third base. Mr. L never let go. He stood two feet away and watched Mr. M pick himself up on the bag. Then, glancing once over his shoulder, Mr. L walked back to the mound. All right, he announced to his team. Pickle scored, so that's one run. Seven to six, we still have the lead. Break is over, so this is it. Two outs. He paused, caught his breath. Let's make this the last batter. Then Herbert stepped up to the plate. Greg laughed out loud. Albert threw up his hands and thanked the kickball gods. Even Mr. L fought back a smile. Herbert was not necessarily a bad athlete. He just struggled to focus on the game. As he stood at the plate and blinked at the sky, Mr. M yelled from third base to get ready for the kick. Herbert jumped in surprise, looked over to his teacher, and waved. Mr. L's first pitch rolled past him. Strike one! screamed Greg, and Mr. L's class clapped. Mr. M's class groaned. Come on, Herbert, Lucas said from behind. You just need to get on base. You can do it. Herbert looked back to Lucas and nodded, appreciating the encouragement. Mr. L's second pitch rolled past him. Strike two! yelled Greg, and Mr. L's class hooted in excitement. No one was left in the outfield now. They crowded the pitcher's mound an inch toward home plate. Jeffrey giggled and loudly marveled at how bad Herbert was at kickball. But Herbert ignored all this. He squinted at Mr. L. He had one chance left. But as he was thinking about his last chance and looking straight at Mr. L, he hadn't realized the ball was pitched. Kick! screamed Lucas behind him. Herbert, you got a kick! said Pickle. No! bellowed Chadwick. Herbert shut his eyes and kicked. His foot barely nicked the ball and it spiraled away behind him. That's a foul, said Mr. L. One more foul and you're out, said Greg unnecessarily. Everyone knew the fourth strike foul rule, which was implemented to stop players from purposefully fouling off every pitch when their team was ahead and break was almost over. Unfortunately for Herbert, the foul rule was not now in his favor. Mr. L pitched. As he did so, Greg made a face by pulling down his lips with both hands. Herbert turned to look at the funny face, then understood that Greg was purposefully being distracting. This made Herbert angry and want to get back at Greg, so he did what was available. He kicked the ball straight at him. Run, Herbert, run, screamed Pickle, pushing him from behind. Herbert was so shocked at his contact with the ball that he didn't move. Neither did Greg, but Pickle pushed and Lucas and Chadwick pulled and Herbert was thrust on his way. It was too late. Greg scooped up the dribbling grounder and made a beeline for Herbert. Now, Greg could have tossed the ball to Charlie, who was waiting at first base for the force out. But this, this was no ordinary out. Greg saw victory in his grasp, and he would deliver it. He would be the hero. Two feet from Herbert, well within tagging distance, Greg stopped and chucked the ball with all his might. 
At that moment, Herbert, completely unaware of Greg, was still struggling to keep balance after being shoved onto the base path and lost his focus and tripped. He fell flat on his face, halfway between home and first. The ball shot over him and continued to bounce 20 feet away. Mr. L's class yelled at Greg, who was sprinting after it, his face flushed. Mr. M's class cheered, and Mr. M scored. Herbert struggled to his feet, wondering what had happened. There was his team, leaping up and down in glee, yelling to keep running. So run he did. Herbert made it to first base, but he didn't stop there. His whole team was shouting at him to go further. Greg was frantically searching for the ball knee-deep in a dense thorn bush. Herbert stumbled to second. There he stopped, convinced his luck could only stretch so far, but now his class gathered at the third baseline, waving him forward, screaming to continue. Herbert glanced in the direction of the bush. Greg's feet could be seen poking out from underneath while Mr. L's class stood around him yelling. Mr. L himself was frantically screaming something over by first base. Herbert ran to third. Go, 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 go! Mr. M stood on third base, waving his left arm in a circle. His whole class jumped up and down, howling at the top of their lungs. Herbert nodded to his teacher and fixed his sights on home plate. Greg's got the ball! shrieked Porge. There was Greg, emerging from the thorns, sleeves torn, pants ripped, cheeks and arms scratched and red, but with the ball under one elbow. Pass! Pass! Mr. L cried, hands outstretched. Herbert had started for home, and nothing in the world would make him go back. His classmates stopped cheering and held their breath. Greg ignored his teacher and did not throw the ball. He sprinted straight at home plate. This was personal. Herbert did not see Greg coming. All he saw was the little white square surrounded by dirt. Somehow, instinctively, Herbert knew he had to slide. He'd never slid before. Herbert threw both his arms over his head and dove, like he was diving into a pool, face first along the ground. Greg whipped the ball at Herbert as hard as he could. He was close. It was an accurate throw. Sure enough, the ball slammed into Herbert's shoulder. But Herbert's finger was already on the plate. Safe! screamed Mr. M. Herbert felt himself get lifted into the air. He had kicked the winning home run. Mr. M's class had beat Mr. L's class by one point and remained undefeated. Herbert bounced on his classmates' shoulders while they chanted his name, tears of joy streaming down their faces. Mr. M shook Herbert's hand and said he could not be more proud. It was an exultant day for Herbert. It was not so exultant a day, however, for Greg. All right, so that was Kickball, and uh, we have an interesting interview for you today. Last time he was on the podcast, our friend Porridge said that he wanted to do more things with the podcast, and he was excited to, you know, help out, I guess. So anyway, I asked him if he wanted to interview Mr. L about the story today, um, and he did get the interview. Uh, what follows is that interview. I do want to say I, I, I wanted him to just ask straight up if he could do the interview, I don't think he was entirely honest with his teacher. Um, we we asked Mr. L afterwards if we could still use the footage, and uh, Mr. L still hasn't gotten back to us, so we're just going to play the interview, and if he really does not like it, we will take it down. Uh, I'm saying that for legal reasons. So uh, here we go. This is Porge um, interviewing Mr. L. All right, testing, testing, one, two, three, one, two, three, here we go, okay. Um, him. Okay, I think this is on. Uh, hello, my name is, is Gordon. 
Pressfield, uh, the third, and many of you know me as Porch. Uh, I am doing an interview right now with uh, Mr. L, who happens to be my teacher, and uh, I'm going to ask him about this uh, kickball match, which uh, we still talk about as a class. Uh, it's not one of my favorite, uh, not one of my favorite kickball matches. I'm going to say right now, it was a very difficult time for us. Um, but I think that if we talk to the coach in question, we uh, we might get some answers as to as to what happened. Um, so here we go. Okay, uh, this is this is this is me uh, walking walking into Mr. L's room. Um, <clears throat> Hi, Mr. L. Can I can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah, sure, Porch. Um, I I'm actually grading right now. Is, w would it be possible to? No, no, I, I gotta do it right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, what, what what's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, okay. Um, I was just wondering about you know. Remember when we played Mr. M's class in kickball and we were really close to winning? Yes, I I do. It, it, sorry, Porch. Is that is that a microphone? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm doing a an assignment um for for journalism studies. Uh, and I am I am interviewing people about important times that things that that have happened in my life. Okay. Uh. So you're just interviewing. You're 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 gonna. I'm gonna ask you some questions about an important time in my life, which was the kickball game against Mr. M's class. Okay. Yeah. Can um. I'm very. Uh, uh, happy to answer questions. We just make this kind of quick because uh, the break is almost over. And yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So anyway, uh, you were you were coach of, of 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 that team, Mr. L's team, correct? Yes, I, I, Mr. L, am am coach of of Mr. L's team. That that is correct. Okay, uh, can you explain why we lost? Uh, I'm. Well, we. We were ahead. Yeah, we were ahead by like, you know, two points in the last inning and, and we ended up losing. Um, and I know a lot of people say and a lot of people agree it was definitely Greg's fault. I just wonder if the coaching could have been a little bit different. Um, I, I think I coached pretty well that game. I definitely told all of the players not to throw the ball at the runner. Yeah, but they kind of did anyway. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you didn't make that clear enough. No, I made it very clear. I think that um, the the player in question maybe uh, wasn't. Uh, he got lost in the moment. He wanted to to get the out by throwing it. That is that's understandable. Uh, that someone in the moment. Okay, but why didn't you take him out of the game? Well, what do you mean? Well, clearly a player like that's a liability on the field and should be taken out of the game. If you're going to be in a high-pressure seventh-inning situation where where you're only winning by a little bit and you really, really got to beat the next class because you really want to want to see their face when you when you tell them, ha-ha, you guys are losers, like you really want to see their faces, but but instead they say that to you and they get to see your faces because you're like, I'm going to... I'm gonna kill you, and they're like, "I like to see you try. You can't even beat us at kickball." And look, Porch, I think you're you're still a little bit. Um, sounds like you're a little bit disturbed by that. Yeah, I was really disappointed by your coaching in that game. To be okay, so so if you were coaching Porch, what would you have? I would have pulled Greg. I would have said, "Look, here we are. We're winning by two. I'm gonna pull Greg. I'm gonna get him off the field. I'm gonna send him home. 
I'm going to call his mom. I'm going to make something up. I don't know. He was throwing up at recess, whatever. Mom, pick Greg up, put him in the car, take him away. Many miles away. Take him to another state, okay? And then we finish the game. That would be my coaching. Okay, uh, Porch, that is not realistic. That is not how you would coach a game. Uh, and actually, Greg is a pretty good player. Uh, it was unclear that, no, you know, Greg is okay as a player. I'm better. I'm a better player, honestly. Like, like if you ask the class, like, everyone would say I'm a better player. I'm sorry. This is, this is for a, a journalism project? Yeah, it's a journalism project. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to interviews with coaches or sporting um, teams before, but normally the lines of questioning are more open. What what What's the open question? Well, an open question is one that you don't you don't actually know the answer to when you ask the question. It sounds like you're asking me questions that you have the answers to in your head. Oh, yeah. So I do. I do think that you should have taken Greg out. Are you saying that's the that's the right answer to this to this whole predicament? No, I'm not saying that's the right answer. I'm saying that you had that in your head as an answer. Oh yeah, I did. Um, okay. Well, how about another question? Okay. Yeah. What makes you qualified to coach fo- uh, uh, kickball? What makes you qualified to coach kick- kickball? Um, I'm a teacher at this school, and kickball is just something that we played during break. Well, it's, kickball is a very serious thing. I think that if you just consider it to be, you know, a sport that we play every now and again, then then your res- your, your your results are not going to be not going to be the the ones that that we we the team would would desire. You know, like you got to be committed. You are you doubting my commitment to recess kickball? Yeah, I don't know, kind of, maybe I am. I don't know, maybe we would have won if you cared a little bit more like Mr. M does. Mr. M cares less than I do about recess. Okay, the reason we lose, Porge, is because Mr. M has a more athletic class. Wow. Well, okay then. Look, you don't have to be offended. I mean, it's just different classes have different builds, and our class is very intelligent. I mean, we have our strengths and, they have, and weaknesses. They have their strengths and weaknesses. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't want a coach who doesn't believe in his players. I need. I need a coach that's willing to. That's willing to. You know, lay down his life for every player on that kickball field because that's how much the sport matters. Matters. It matters. You know, it matters. Okay. Uh, I just want to remind you, we're talking about recess kickball. Yeah, but. It, but it's a big deal to me. And I, I also want to say, you want a coach that will lay down his life for his players, and you also want a coach who will send his players home on false pretenses of throwing up during uh, recess so that they won't play in a... Just Gweg. Just all the other players you would lay down your life for, but Gweg, you could send him home. In fact, he, he shouldn't even be on the team. I don't know. Why, like, why is he on the team? He's in the class. The, the, the team is the class. Our class is a team. That's what you do when you play the other classes in kickball. Okay, no, that's fine. That's okay. He's on the team. What about this? We sub. We do more subs. We do substitutions. So if there's a game that we're going to win, uh, you say, okay, you know what? We're, go- we're, we're, we're close to winning this game, and I'm going to be a fair teacher. I'm going to be a fair coach. So, Greg, you're going to sub out for the rest of the game because we're close to winning. What about that? That's fair. That's fair. No, that's not fair. That's just excluding a player. Yeah, but when you include him, we lose. We did not lose that game just because of Greg. Greg clearly could have gotten Hubbard out, and he didn't. He could have gotten Hubbard out. And he... Look, a game always comes down to more than just one play, Porch. 
Uh, a game is an entire, you know, it's it's the whole recess time. We could have scored more points. We could have been in a position where we didn't have to rely on that last point or that last out, right? Yeah, I guess that's that's true. But, you know, we did and, and Greg screwed it up. Okay, I think you should talk to Greg about this. And Oh, I have. I, I've talked to him a lot. He, he says, okay, get this. <laughs> get this, Mr. L. He says that Herbert dodged the ball because Herbert's really good at dodging. <laughs> and I mean, Herbert can't, e- like, he can't even run. He's, he can hardly even stand up. How you, how's Herbert going to dodge the ball? That kid's like the most unathletic. Okay, uh, Porch, I, I really have to get to grading. Uh, I, I, I realize you're still kind of, you know, um, frustrated by how that kickball, it, it was, it was many months ago. And yeah, but then that, that Tom Longano had to write a book about it. And now it's in a book, and now everyone reads it, and they think Mr. L's class isn't that good at kickball. You know what? Yes, I, I don't agree with the fact that that man went and wrote a book about my class without my express permission. Um, but And everyone thinks you're a bad coach because you played Greg in the last inning. I mean, everyone knows you shouldn't have done that, right? Yeah, they're, they're reading the book, and they're saying, who is this Mr. L guy? He must be a table coach who let him on the kickball field in the first place. Look, this is not its not a sport. This kick, kickball, this, it's, it's just something fun we do at recess. Yeah, but, you know, you get pretty into it, all right? You, were, you wanted to win. Yeah, I, I, I did want to win. Mr. Mr. M still makes fun of me for, for losing to his class. Um, and we lost the fourth graders? I, I mean, and that's in the book, too? Uh, this is embarrassing. This is really embarrassing. Okay, let's set aside the question of whether my class's, um, you know, sporting endeavors should be featured in a book without my permission and let's focus again on the subject of this interview which appears to be a a smear campaign against my coaching is that is is that what this is no it's not a smear campaign i'm just saying this is what this is what i've what i've observed uh, as, as being a as being a you know a, a player on your team okay that's all i think you're a good teacher i just don't think you're a very good coach that's it all right that's it all right, is, is that a question, or are we done here? Nah, I'm just... Okay, here's a question. What are your credentials? My credentials? Yeah, what What? What makes you think you can You can coach recess football? Uh-huh. Where, where do you... Did you play in college? Did you play Did you play kickball in college? Did you say football or kickball? I'm confused. I, I don't know what I'm saying. All I want to know is I want to know what makes you qualified to take... Our entire team of hardworking athletes onto that field and lose to Mr. M's, uh, Mr. M's class month after month after month. What may, what what gives you the right, Porridge? I could equally ask what gives you the right to talk to your teacher like that. Um, and if you continue, there might be a detention put on at the end of this conversation. Okay. I would like to apologize for being maybe a little rude, Mr. L. Uh, again, this is not a, this is, this is not any, um, this is not any reflection on your teaching uh, abilities. Um, it is, it is purely a, a, a question of whether or not you are qualified to coach recess kickball. Porch. I am more than qualified to coach recess kickball because it is not a sport for which you need qualifications to be a coach. It is just a game that we play. Yeah, well, it's a very serious game. I, I just want to know, like, w- were you ever in any kickball leagues in college? What is your 
previous experience coaching fifth grade kickball. Um, and it would it would be it would be it would make me feel good to know that you have a commitment to the game that that uh, you know that matches the players. Look, I know for a fact, Porch, that the only reason you guys care about winning the game is because you want to make fun of Mr. M's class for losing. And the only reason you care about losing is that you don't like being made fun of when you lose. Yes, that's correct. But I, but the question still stands: Is what qual? No, okay, wait. You, you you're acting as if this is some sort of you know professional sporting endeavor, uh, and and I'm not qualified to. Uh, but but you've just admitted that the only thing, the only reason you even care about the sport, is because you don't want to be made fun of. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not fu- okay. Look, put yourself in my shoes for a second. Uh, I'm walking back after class, and I see Lucas from Mr. M's class. He walks over to me, and I say, "Oh, hey, Lucas, how was your day?" I'm a good, I, you know, I just I'm making conversation, and he says to me, "Your face is a loser," and I say, "What? What? What? Why would you?" He said, "Your face is a loser because your class." sucks at kickball yeah he used that word okay I, he used the don't give me that face mr l he used that word not me i'm just quoting and i say i'm sorry that's not an appropriate word or way to address appear appear me porch i'm i'm a friendly guy and he said your face is a loser uh and how much did you lose by today and i have to say we did lose today and then he laughs in my face and then walks away and there's nothing I can say to him. There's nothing I can say to stop him from doing that because we did lose and he's white. Yeah, but okay. If you were to win, how would that conversation go? Okay, if I were to win, this is why this is I'm glad we're having this discussion. If I were to win, I I would I wouldn't even go towards the parking lot after school. I would go white for Lucas. I would go bang on Mr. Enzo. I say, hey, I'd like to talk to Lucas, please. Lucas will come out and I would say, whoa, 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 there's a loser alert because I just saw a loser. There's a loser alarm because a loser is in my face and your face is a loser. And then I would say, loser, 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 loser. That's you. And then he would say, why are you saying this to me, Porge? This makes me feel like a loser. And I would say, well, you are a loser because how much did you lose by? And then he would say, I don't know, five points, however much we won by. And I would say, ha, ha, ha. And there's nothing he could do about it. And then I would run away and be super happy for like the rest of the day. You've thought a lot about this, haven't you? Yes, I have. I, 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 I've thought a lot about it. Okay. Here's something else to think about. Maybe it's good to have some humility when your team loses. Is, is there any um, is there any cash value that can be put on humility? What what is humility? Is it something I can I can have? No, humility is a virtue. That's when you realize that maybe you are not the center of the world. There are, and it's good to sometimes lose, and maybe to be a good loser. Um, is part of growing into a good young man. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree with that. Um, so I think if we win more, then that'll give me the opportunity to be a good winner, right? So so then I could be like, hey, Lucas, I should call you a loser because you lost, 
but I'm not because I'm better than you. No, that doesn't, that, that still doesn't make you any more humble. Okay. Let's agree to disagree. And I just want to say we should be, we should have some, some slightly better coaching in the future. Porsche, this is really making me not want to play kickball with the class again. Well, okay, maybe that's the thing. Maybe you don't play anymore. Maybe I coach. Maybe that's a, maybe I coach and, uh, and we'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see where the team goes from there. Okay. Porch, I think you should leave my room right now. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. This has been a Boy Stories podcast production written and performed by the author Tom Longano. The Red Book of Stories and the Blue Book of Stories are available on Amazon.com. You can also get signed author copies on TomLongano.com. This podcast has been produced by the legendary George Martin. And if you like the podcast, please do leave a rating and a review, whether on the Apple Podcast site or if you like the stories, you can leave a rating and a review on Amazon. We read all the reviews and Uh, We really, really appreciate them. Uh, Please do share with friends as well. And if you have any questions uh, for Tom Longano or any of the characters and you'd like your question to be featured on a podcast, uh, you can email Tom Longano through the contact portal on TomLongano.com. You can also record a voice message on Anchor and then you will get your voice on the podcast. Very exciting. Thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun for us and we hope it is just as much fun for you. See you next time.